Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. To American Godcast, a podcast about stars, American gods. I'm Alex. I'm Justin, a god using a god voice. I'm Pete. And usually we do more of a bit than that, but I've been out of town, and you know what? We're pretty late on this Alex last episode is here. A so sleepy I'm god. sleepy. I'm a sleepy god. I have been asleep for a thousand years. Ooh, like a ghost. Anyway, we're going to be talking about the last episode of the second season of American Gods. Finally, very much delayed. This is really your guys' fault, the listeners, not ours at all. We were on time and you guys kept (laughs) delaying us. So I don't know what you guys were thinking. Very rude. I can't believe it took you this long to find this episode. (laughs) Uh, We apologize, of course. Uh, We're going to be talking about Moon Shadow. I'm probably going to get that wrong a million times because very confusing switching around Shadow Moon's name. Before we get into it... We will do a recap of the episode. We'll talk through the episode, our feelings on it. And we'll also talk about season two as a whole, how we felt about the season. So we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, But before we do lots of stuff to recap here, there is a war going on between the new gods, which include Mr. World, uh, new media, and also Technical Boy, who died a couple of episodes back. Uh, But they all represent new technology, and they're fighting against the old gods, who are kind of sort of led, kind of sort of being conned by a dude named Mr. Wednesday. Now, Mr. Wednesday kicked this all off by recruiting a man named Shadow Moon. Shadow Moon was also a con man. He was thrown in prison. While he was in prison, his wife, Laura Moon, uh, died while sucking a dude's dick. Uh, Dane Cooks, specifically, very important to specify that. Yep, playing himself, as we always remind everyone. (laughs) The god of comedy. Yes, exactly. So Laura died, but she was actually brought to 
Back to Life by a magic gold coin provided by a dude named Mad Sweeney. It was lodged in her stomach over the course of the past two seasons. Mad Sweeney definitely fell in love with Laura. Arguable whether Laura also fell in love with Mad Sweeney, Whoa. though there certainly were some complicated feelings going on there. She loves yeah, him. Yeah, by the end she of the episode, him. she loves him. Yeah, and they had what I guess you could refer to as a magical Skype bone sesh that went on down <laughs> in New Orleans, where, <coughs> excuse me, they... It's just like us. Yeah. Just like what we're, we're doing. We're doing that right now. How are you guys feeling, by the way? How's this going for you? I feel good. Nice. Nope. This is weird. This is weird? Well, we'll make you comfortable and feel real good by the end of this podcast, oh, Pete. Don't you worry. <laughs> So, Laura and Matt Sweeney had feelings for each other. Unfortunately, Matt Sweeney was killed last episode during a fight with Shadow Moon, where Matt Sweeney was trying to kill Mr. Wednesday, uh, because Mr. Wednesday, of course, is a con man. He is playing... Con God. Con God. He is playing everybody in this overall War of the Gods. Also important to mention that Mr. Wednesday is actually Odin, the head of the Norse gods, and he has been very quickly growing Yggdrasil, excuse me, the world tree for some unknown reason. We don't know exactly why he has been doing that. He also reassembled a spear, the same spear that killed Mad Sweeney. Uh, And they're all holed up in Cairo, not Cairo, but in fact Cairo, at the mortuary of Mr. Ibis, uh, who is an old Egyptian god. There's also Mr. Nancy, a.k.a. Anansi, the storytelling trickster god of Africa, played by Orlando Jones. He's kind of this rogue element hanging out there, sort of helping Mr. Wednesday, sort of not. Uh, there's also a god named Bilquis, who is a god of love, who has been gaining her own followers very slowly in Cairo. She's not exactly aligned with Mr. Wednesday, but she's not exactly against him either. She was very briefly working for the new gods, has moved back to the old gods, but again, we're not quite sure where her loyalties lie. Another thing we should probably mention is there's been a lot of questions about Shadow Moon's parentage that get very much resolved this episode, or at least uh, answered this episode. We know that his mother died. (laughs) Uh, We know that uh, his father was missing, and she warned him against trying to find his father. Uh, he seemed to be a little bit of a shuckster. I think you can kind of figure out where we're going from there. Yeah. Other characters probably... Uh, David Copperfield. There you go. The magician. Uh, never trust that guy. He made the Statue of yeah, Liberty no. disappear. What a dick, right? Exactly. He took away our freedom. <laughs> <laughs> and almost time for July 4th, too. So rude. You know, he made me disappear once when I was a kid. Really? For real? For real. I've not told, I've definitely told this story before. No, wait. So you went to a David Copperfield show and he made you disappear? How are you here? Uh, Well, he made me reappear. He sent me into a dangerous void for a few minutes and then returned me. uh, Wait, were you in the Phantom Zone? In, In a way. It was sort of a more fun Phantom Zone, I, less prison. I have a different reference to make. Uh, was this more like the Prestige, or are you Ooh. actually the second Justin? Did you die and then yeah. come back as a clone? Yeah. I'm more of the third part. <laughs> the third part of the Prestige <laughs> is the Prestige. 
Uh, cool. So back to the recap. Two other characters you probably should know are Salim and the Jinn. The Jinn yeah. is a ancient genie. They had a romantic relationship. Salim has been pursuing the Jinn, but Jinn has been very much been keeping Salim, who is a regular human taxi driver, at arm's length as Salim went around doing the bidding of Mr. Wednesday. And what else do you need to know? I, I think that's... Oh, right. So Does. we mentioned Technical Boy died. Uh, before he died, we learned quite a bit about his past. Specifically, there was a tech guru, sort of a Steve Jobs type, who ran this massive company. Uh, Technical Boy was the god that he worshipped, whether he knew it or not. Uh, and before Technical Boy died, they had um, a moment so to speak, um, yeah. where this uh, this uh, tech guru was trying to help out the new gods, trying to help them work their way into the world network. Uh, and once Technical Boy died, uh, they lost that a little bit. He cut himself yeah. off. So that's where we are when we're set up. Uh, Only one more thing to mention, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, in season one, there's a character named Media, and this season she was replaced by New Media. Right. Who uh, is like Instagram. Right. Yeah, she's social and media. Twitter. She talks through emojis and stuff. So, yeah, she's fun. Yeah. Pretty cool. Destroying the world in real time. So let's get into it. Lots of stuff happening. Uh, we kick off with, of course, War of the Worlds. Pretty on the nose for Mr. Worlds. Oh, yeah, classic. He's he's Mr. War of the Worlds. Yes, he is. Uh, I really like the sequence a lot and, frankly, would have liked more of it. We get to see Mr. World talking directly to the camera. Yeah. He's talking about uh, how... Uh, it, if it's real in your mind, it's real in the world. He talks about how fear is more powerful than love, that nobody locks their door because they love their neighbor. And I, I don't know. I have an affection for the original War of the Worlds. He talks about that, and we get to see people reacting to yeah. the radio broadcast in real time. I thought this was very neat. It was really cool. I agree. It had the old timey set, and uh, it was fun. It, it was uh, kind of a neat kind of setup for Mr. World to be creepy and talk about how powerful fear is. Uh, I, I totally loved it too. And um, it set him up. Well, the only thing that was weird about it and sort of my take on the whole episode is this didn't feel like a season finale. What? Um, we got to see everybody. Sort of, yeah. But honestly, it felt more like uh second to last episode or even earlier. I feel like this sequence could have been a great kickoff to the season. Because I feel like we don't know who Mr. World is, and, t and this is a great uh, sort of way to see him. I, I agree with you. I think they built it up exponentially by the end. Like, the last 10 or 15 minutes or so definitely felt season finale-ish. But it was nothing like the first season finale, which was big, which was creative, added so many details to the world. The weird thing to me about this is it didn't really feel followed up on. Like, it was a great sequence, and we learn about yeah. aliens, and he talks about, you know, aliens are real because we believe that they're real. We've seen an alien spaceship. We've seen abductions earlier in the season. It's something that happened to Shadow Moon, and I want to say the second, maybe third episode of the season. And uh. it's strange that they didn't tie this back into that at all. I mean, maybe you were just right. supposed to pick up on it, but... There was a whole thing about that, so it felt like it felt like there was stuff going on with the new gods, 
there was stuff going on with Shadow Moon, but it never necessarily cohered. I don't know. I yeah. uh, I disagree. I really liked how we finally got the answer to who Shadow uh, Moon is. Like, a lot of things tied up in this last episode. We kind of, everybody got a, okay, where are they after all this? It, to me, it felt like a, uh, not like a huge big ending, but a nice ending that kind of uh, left people in either their place or kind of down their path. Uh, I don't know. I've, I felt like it was like a nice uh, ending to the end of the season. I, not not to stick on this too much, but... I get what you're saying because it certainly set up many places for people to go yeah. at the end. And we'll talk about that when we get to all of those points. But at the same time, it didn't, it didn't tie up the season. Like the, it tied up the stuff of the episode, I guess. And some people moved to a new place, but I'm still not quite We're clearly jumping ahead at this point and just talking about the season as a whole, but I'm not quite sure what the season was, you know, like I'm not quite sure what the theme of the season was, what the idea of the season was. We got shadow to the realization about his parentage, but there, there was no real tie up for everything that happened here. Oh man, I completely disagree. Uh, The season was all about taking a nap on a bus and like how peaceful and amazing that is. And what you have to go through sometimes to get that nap. That is true because every episode featured a nap on a bus and then it (laughs) ended with a nap on a bus. So yeah, you know what? You're right. Never mind. Yeah. Pete, I'm looking forward to your children's book. Get that nap, (laughs) Uh, which is just a long uh, story about everybody getting that nap. Well, why don't we keep moving through this uh, and we'll come back to season as a whole type thoughts and probably repeat exactly what we said before. Just with different words. Playback, fix it in post. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So then we uh, cut to a bunch of different places. Uh, We see Mr. Ebbis is uh, preparing Sweeney while Shadow lies in the graveyard. Shadow pictures Igrizel. I I don't know why I can't pronounce that today. And Laura. Uh, And then we also flash over to the programmer who follows this trail of metronomes before figuring out the code and reassembling Technical Boy. Uh, now, there's a, yeah. uh, I'm not quite sure. We could walk through this episode in order, or we could kind of follow. Uh, let's talk about what happens with the programmer and Technical Boy, because I think that was yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, he manages to re- The pianist, what? as I call him. I call him the pianist. The pianist. Ooh, I like that. Um, that was his whole thing growing up, is his father wanted him to be a piano player. One of the, my favorite episodes was that whole sequence, setting him up. I really yeah, that was fantastic. how they set this up, too, where he was, like, uh, following those around, and then Technical Boy was the one that stopped it. I thought that was really uh, very cool, the way they set that up. Now, this is a new Technical Boy. He's dressed all in white. He's much more serious. He's not the... Enfant Terrible, if you will, that he was previous Ooh. to this. Yeah, like, I'm going to look up both of those words. Me, I'm going to look pants. up both of them. Uh, yeah, uh, and it, he talks about a lot of... Infant? They have a whole discussion about gods and their interactions with humans. Uh, and Terrible. It all ends up in what I thought was a really interesting turn of phrase. Um, I wrote it down somewhere, but basically him saying that... Humans aren't made in God's image. Gods yeah. are made in humans' image. Yeah, yeah. You were not made in God's image. We were made in yours. Yeah, was the, Which, the exact language. And I like 
so cool. I mean, to me, that's kind of the theme. That's the idea of the show, right? I mean, that's why 100%. they have their foibles. That's why they fail. Yeah, I loved this whole sequence I thought was great. And that as a message I thought was so cool. Uh, definitely like brings the whole show to a point right there. Yeah. He uh, other little notes that happen in these sequences with uh, the pianist and technical boy. They talk about the drawing of the Sistine Chapel and what it would be like to touch a god. Yeah. And when technical boy touches him, it basically wrecks him, uh, I think. I mean, that's yeah. what I took away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it seemed fucked up. Yes. Uh, and then the other thing that happens is. Uh, he talks about the PNS talks about not being able to be in more than one place at the same time. And technical boy says, actually I can be. And uh, this leads into this whole sequence that we'll loop back to in a moment where basically the new gods are fucking the old gods up completely framing them for destroying the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, and technical boy is all part of that and is back at the headquarters with Mr. World. Now here's my big question about this. Was this the plan all along for Technical Boy, or is this a happy happen stance on the part of the new gods? I think it's the plan. I don't know if it was the plan that he get killed and then come back stronger than ever. I think it just kind of happened in a way that he willed it to. Wait, what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, what do you mean, Pete? Well, like he was like, "Oh, well, fuck." I I'm I'm getting killed, so I got to reach out to the one guy who can save me. Kind of brainwash him to make me reprogram me, make me better. And then when he comes back to life, kind of makes the decision. Okay, I'll join the the fight. All right. See, for me, if it definitely felt like um, he knew that the pianist was his, the one worshiper who the most his most powerful worshiper. And so he was just waiting for him to have that flash, uh, have that touch God moment, and then pay, he reappeared and uh, paid it all off. Yeah, what, I, what was interesting to me is we never saw, we didn't see Technical Boy interact with Mr. World, which I think yeah. would have very definitively said, or no oh, okay, this was... Or new media, but this was Mr. World's plan to kill off Technical Boy and bring him back more powerful, different, uh, different uh, part of the issue. The reason that he was killed off in the first place was he was too like new media. They were repetitive of each other. So certainly we're going to have to find out what the difference is with Technical Boy at this point. Um, anyway, so that's that uh, that track. The other track that we follow. Going back to it, Shadow is lying on the grave. Laura is watching him while he sleeps. She let him she doesn't sleep want to in. Wake. Yeah, letting him sleep in on a grave. It's nice. Oh, it's super nice. comfortable. It's cute. You guys ever yeah. sleep on a grave? Yeah, every night. My mattress is a grave. <laughs> oh, sweet. What about you, Pete? No, never. I wouldn't do that. It's too creepy. Yeah. Well, it's my grave. I sleep on my grave. Yeah. It's like what you call Gotta be ready. Bed. Yeah, no. It's just I just need to be just uh, shuffled off a little bit. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a shorter distance in case anything happens. You know, you just, just roll roll on in. Oh, that's smart. Plus, I, I sprung I sprung for the California King grave, <laughs> so there's a lot of space. <laughs> uh, Pete actually sprung for the California Raisin grave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> Are you saying that I s- sleep on a giant raisin? Uh, no, no, it's your your headstone says Pete LePage. He heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> yeah. 
well, anyway, uh, going back to this, so they have a whole conversation. About, uh, Laura says she keeps trying to make things right and she can't make things right. She calls him puppy and we get a flashback and find oh. out why she called him puppy. And he's like, don't call me that anymore. Yeah, it's good. Uh, which, he stood up uh, yeah. to her finally and was like, no, you fuck this up. Get the hell away from me. You never loved me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's just, yeah, he's burned by the whole thing. Uh, but it's it was a sad little moment. It was The flashback was sort of odd to me that it, mm-hmm. they didn't do a lot of flashbacks. But I, I liked it. I thought it was cool to really have such a tiny little moment to show that their relationship is over. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you about the flashback that I liked it, but I think that points to the overall weirdness with this episode that there were so many different elements that it it didn't feel cohesive to me. Like you had a flashback, you had the Mr. World thing that we talked about at the beginning. You had big action sequences. You had the whole thing with the Yggdrasil at the end that does feel very American gods. But uh, I don't know. It it felt like it Maybe it was longer and they cut it up in editing. Maybe there were too many things. Maybe they cut an episode off. Uh, I'm not quite sure what happened here, but it was a lot of different stuff. I don't know. I mean, sometimes, you know, you go from immediately talking about your relationship and how you're wrong for each other to just opening up and sharing. Hey, by the way, I killed the guy that you might be interested in to then, you know, uh, falling asleep back on a grave and then waking up and starting the fight all over again. I I don't know. I think that that was a smooth, you know. Smooth (laughs) transitions. Very realistic. Smooth move, X-Lax. Right, Pete? Oh, you did your joke book show? (laughs) (laughs) I got it in the mail. Sweet. Pretty cool. Nice. Oh, great. That's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we also got some stuff from Bilquis this episode. Yeah. Uh, we got two scenes with her. First, uh, she talks to Laura and essentially tells her to kind of like back off. Yep. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, we haven't really seen them relate much, so that was surprising to me. Well, I chalked it up to Bilquis feels like she's sort of realizing the existential danger all of the old gods are under, doesn't trust Wednesday. So she turned into sort of a Christian, sort of a sexual Christian god briefly, last episode of the episode before. And this, I think she's sensing that Shadow's about to become a lot more powerful. So she's like, yo, I'm getting on the Shadow train. Yeah, but... And so she wants to get rid of... It was also nice the way Laura was like, hey, do you want to team up if we both hate... Mr. Wednesday and Bilquist was like, Oh, thank you for offering. It's so nice. But fuck yeah. off, I don't like you. So I, I thought it was a kind of an interesting conversation for sure. It was definitely very short though. Now the other uh the other scene that we get with Bilquist, a uh, bunch of stuff happens in the middle, so we'll jump back in a second. But Bilquist shows up in Shadow's room. She's naked. It seems like maybe she's going to try to seduce him, which means he would be sucked into her vagina void. Right. That's why I thought he would hide from her vagina. Yeah. I mean... Classic hiding spot. Yeah, it is. That's uh, where Bonnie and Clyde hid out for a couple of years, right? Oh, my God. That's true. Yeah, they were holed up there. (laughs) No pun intended. Oh, boy. No. Or or was pun intended? No, you don't? Uh, so anyway, uh, then she smears some blood on his head and leaves, and that's it. No, that's uh, not true. She blesses him, and it was like, remember who you are. And then he goes through like a f- flashback montage 
so we find out who he is. Well, so to that point, what's her goal here? What What is she trying to do with Shadow? Well, she says, like, hey, we're intertwined. I'm going to help you. I give you the blessing and to open your eyes and remember who you are. Yeah, it felt like, I mean, it could be two things. The sort of upfront version is she, when she kissed him, she learned about his insides, his love, and that opened up the the true his true father whose true father was the other side of it is maybe uh wednesday she has she is actually working for wednesday and her kiss was tactical to have have shadow have this revelation i i I hadn't thought about it that way before but i think the latter idea makes a lot of sense particularly because the last time we see mr wednesday he is sitting in a restaurant all by himself sipping some wine and says, my boy is going to be all right. Yeah, my so boy is So it seems like he did manipulate this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, th- it's a fun reveal at the end. I'm sure you guys both appreciated where he was like alone eating dinner after he put his kids to sleep being like, I'm a good father. Yeah, pass the ketchup like daddy likes. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Father's Day, daddy like Father's Day. That's why we waited to record this podcast, because of Father's Day. Yes, exactly. I hope you all, we're putting this up the day after Father's Day. I hope you all had a good Daddy's Day. Exactly. And obviously some of us have God Daddies and some of us have Daddy Daddies. Yeah. I I thought you were going to say Rad Daddies. (laughs) Rad Daddies. Smooth move. We're Rad Daddies. Smooth move, X-Lax. Oh, boy. Uh, you already used that oh, one. You okay, got to turn right. the page. Sorry. Uh, turn the joke book This page. joke book is actually only one page. Is it broken? Should I return <laughs> it? <laughs> More of a page. Joke's on you. Oh, man. It's a good joke That's book. It's solid. Solid so, bird. You bought a joke book, not a joke so book. So Moonshadow has visions of who he is, and then... Well, wait. You're jumping way ahead, bro. Uh, first, though... Salim is buying stuff from a deli, and that's where we get the main plot of what Mr. World has been planning this whole time. Uh, Mr. World, it turns out, has been working with another god, Mr. Robot, and hacks a bunch of banks uh, and causes a run on the banks, and people are panicking all over the world. Uh, They end up framing first Mr. Wednesday and Shadow Moon for it, uh, and then they throw Salim onto the pile as well, which freaks him out. Yeah, that was really sort of funny, actually. He's like, what the? Uh, That was cool. Crazy. Now, I, I have a question about this plot. So, like, eventually it becomes clear New media is literally manipulating the media. She reveals herself to Shadow Moon, and she's like, remember me, bitch. (laughs) Remember I used to be uh, Lucy and all of these classic TV characters. Now I can be whoever I want on TV all the time and manipulate them, which is a fun reveal moment. Uh, And it becomes clear that, like, they're trying to put them in a corner. They're trying to shut them down. They tell the cops their location, and the cops converge on them. So I get that part. But the thing that I couldn't work past in my head is I feel like in the real world, whenever there is something like the situation that Salim encounters where you have a run on the banks, you have people freaking out, buying goods, they're trying to hold themselves away. Same as with the War of the Worlds thing that we talked about in the beginning. At that point, people, I think, stop to have faith, stop having faith in their institutions and start reverting to worshiping religion and in my mind that doesn't work in the new god's favor right 
Interesting. Well, they just wanted chaos so they could get away with, you know, whatever their kind of plan is to distract them and then kind of diverge onto, you know, Wednesday and Shadow Moon. No, I get that but from the, a plot perspective. Oh, okay. But to to your point, Alex, like putting uh, Wednesday's face all over the news is going to be good for him mm-hmm. as a god. It's going to have people like being like, what's up with this guy? Yeah, exactly. It, 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 and maybe, I mean, you could argue on the other hand that like in the modern world that what we would rely on in this case is trying to log on to Twitter and Facebook and everything to get updates as soon as possible about what's going on. Um that works for new media, but whatever Mr. World is as a god, you know, like maybe he's a fear god or something like that. That's what that's what I think, based on what he said. So maybe this is about making him specifically more powerful by having everyone be terrified all okay. the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I could see that. Again, it seemed like uh, just because the way that they were describing it immediately made me think of Mr. Robot, that like... In that case, everybody's like, well, fuck it. We don't trust technology anymore. We're going to revert. Or you think about something like The Walking Dead, same sort of thing, where people were like, nope, institutions don't work anymore. Immediately, we're going to be cannibals now. Um, so maybe yeah. maybe that's post-apocalypse fiction. That's where my head goes. So maybe it's wrong, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, or I mean, maybe then the new media, new gods become worshipped in that way. Yeah. So then the the new gods replace the old gods as the sort of uh, even though they're not using technology, they're still worshiping tech, technology. Yeah. Uh, we also got a romantic moment in the middle of this, in the middle of all this chaos. Uh, Salim and the gym oh, kiss yeah. finally. Uh, very nice. Which, yeah, I thought that was very nice. And the Jin uh, ultimately makes a decision. He's like, no, you know what? This is more important. This is what I want. Even if it screws me over in the long run, I'm going to be with Salim and see where this goes instead of working with Mr. Wednesday. Um, I don't think it's going to work out well for them is my thought. Probably but not. it was very cool how, like, the cops were storming the place and they were just making out. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? Classic. Wouldn't you? I uh, I also liked in the scene before this watching new media work throughout this whole sequence. I thought was really well done. That was this was the most I've liked new media. I would say. Oh yeah, I mean, she as a character, she's barely been in it. Uh, uh, I feel yeah. Like. That I still wasn't new media was doing. It's kind of I didn't I didn't get it or think it was fun, but whatever. Well, that's it's like Facebook, Pete. Yeah. I mean, that's the same with you in literal new media. You don't get it and don't think it's fun, right? That's true. <laughs> there you go. Yes. I love it. I'm consistent. Can't stay off it. You just, you just lost one worshiper, Facebook. <laughs> uh, so then while this all is happening. Wait, wait. Uh, I, d- I would want to say Jen had a great line here where he was like, you know me, eyes on fire, shit for brains. That was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. That was good. I think uh, genie genies are funny. <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, Aladdin? Oh, the very funny genie. Will Smith is great in that. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, is there another uh, version oh, of that? Yeah, yes, yeah, there's a was. stage musical as well. There's a stage musical on Broadway. Uh, Rob Williams right. is still the king. Who? Don't don't don't. I don't know. Oh, are you talking about the guy from Bicentennial Man? Yes. Oh yeah, I love him. Great dramatic actor. You show some. You put some respect on that, you motherfuckers. <laughs> he was really funny in one hour photo. <laughs> uh, 
Oh my gosh! Man was a uh, so while of all this is happening, Shadow Moon is running around. Um, he is trying to figure out a way out of there, and of course, as usual, a tree eats him. Uh, yeah, the piss tree. Wait, was it the tree eating him, or like was it him just kind of like you know eating when the he, tree when he used his uh, hammer because he's Thor? Did you know that in Russia, a tree eat you? <laughs> was there a little uh, addendum in that joke? It, I flipped over the page. It was on the back. Oh, yeah, had nice. a bunch of Yakko nice. smeared off stuff. That's two killer lines, dude. That's a good joke book. <laughs> I'm sure it was worth it. Whatever yeah, only uh, $58. Wow. <laughs> was that written by, it was written by Robin Williams? Uh, yeah, the guy from uh, Jubaji. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Great. Uh, well, Great no, he gets idea. sucked into Yggdrasil, uh, and as he's falling through the branches of the world tree, he starts to see his past, uh, and we see a lot of stuff and start to piece it together. Uh, his mother talking about don't trust your father, uh, things like, <laughs> which from the first season, Mr. Wednesday being like, stop treating me like I fucked your mom, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, uh, great. <laughs> Great line that yeah, they hid in there funny. for the first season, and I'm glad they brought it back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he starts to put that all together, but we also get a flash of him as a young Shadow Moon playing with toys with the setup of the cops uh, in front of the mortuary, and he sweeps them all away, and everybody disappears. Now, what, what do you think this says? I think it, pretty conclusively we find out that Shadow Moon is the son of Mr. Wednesday yeah. in this episode. Yeah. But what, and I know uh, Justin, you and I having read the book, have a fair idea of this, but Pete, I'm curious to hear from you. What do you think, based on the show, Shadow Moon is? What What is his deal right now? I thought he was Thor, you know, because he's Odin's son. So, uh, You know, people can have more than one son, right? Yeah, well, he was kind of he had a hatchet. I thought it was kind of like a hammer-looking thing, and I thought, oh, maybe it's Thor. What's your take on it, Justin? Uh, I think, obviously, he's still being... Mr. Wednesday was very happy at all this stuff happening, so the without saying what we know from the book, like it feels like his plan is, uh, is coming closer. He's fooled everyone into something. And um, his power, he is very powerful, but something's going to happen, I believe, that will take that power away from him. Yeah, I don't think he's necessarily Thor, though. I think certainly yeah. uh, certainly the idea that we were told that Donar the Great killed himself, and we saw even in this episode gods coming back in other forms, that certainly seems like it could be a possibility. But we've also seen Shadow as a kid, and we know that... He had an actual life. He just didn't show up as Shadow Moon, adult resurrection of Thor or anything like that. So right. and I don't think that's possible. But uh, the hatchet thing that you mentioned is interesting just as kind of a parallel. Yeah. Hatchet Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Axe Thor. Well, I mean, he has, what is it, Jean Berjon? Yeah, that in, one's uh, kind of Axe. Yeah. yeah. Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, prisoner two four six zero one. There you go. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, really ties into everything. When you think about it, 
so uh, we uh, the things that we see at the end after he sweeps everything away, uh, Nancy sees the tree is missing and he says, now we're talking. Uh, the gin leaves with Salim. Laura leaves with Sweeney's body. Uh, Mr. World talks cool. to the camera about fear again. All of this stuff is going on uh, Wednesday, as we talked about, is sitting alone. Before we get to the final stuff with Shadow Moon, uh, what do you think about all, where we've left all of these characters? Anything in particular jump out to, at you? Pete, I'm sure you were interested in the Laura Mad Sweeney stuff. Well, I mean, what's fun is, you know, you can just put a dead body over your shoulders and walk down the street. And, yeah, nobody will stop you or you won't get in any trouble. To be fair, Matt Sweeney is a horrible drunk, so I think if somebody was walking through town with him slung over their shoulders, I wouldn't be too surprised. Yeah. Uh, I also love that moment. Uh, I like like their love story. You think nobody would stop them because they would be like, oh, wait, that guy's Irish, so he's probably drunk? Yes. Wow. Is that racist to think that? Because I do. Yeah. That's oh, wow. racist. Well, I mean, listen, there are a bunch of drunk potato eaters, and that's what I'm going to stick oh, with. Oh, man. Wow. wow. Come on. Wow. We're really uncorked. What? You went uh, offensive on that. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, they, they won't notice. Love... They're too drunk. Oh, my God. Wow. Double down. Uh, I love the uh, I love the Matt Sweeney uh, Laura Moon relationship. I want uh, him to somehow come back to life, and they can both or come back to consciousness, and they can both be dead in love. I agree. I was really surprised about it. I thought we were done with Matt Sweeney at this point, but I guess not. I yeah. guess there's going to be a little bit more. I also, you know, it was nice with the recap in the beginning of the episode, kind of just reminded of Matt Sweeney a little bit. And yeah, I definitely missed him in this episode, but he did die. I felt like in a good way, like he got to take away the spear and be like, fuck you, you know, you want I, you know, so it was like, it was a heck of a way to go out. Yeah. So the last scene is Shadow is on a bus out of town. He starts to see the police lights. He hears the sirens. Mm-hmm. He and a bunch of other black men get pulled off the bus and lined up. They go down the line asking for ID. And when he hands over his ID, they say, thanks very much, Mr. Ansel. Yeah. And they hand it back. And his ID now says Michael Ansel. And the bus leaves. And that's the end of the season. Now, of course, Shadow Moon has been dealing with a lot of the American racism stuff throughout the season, throughout both of the seasons that we had, uh, as we discussed, a very controversial episode that happened a couple of hours back. Uh, But what did you take away from the scene? What were your thoughts on it and how it left the overall season? Uh, I thought that it was because Bill Quist... uh warned him he would need a new face. And I think when uh, she kissed him, uh, she granted him like a new idea, a new identity. New yeah. face? I don't know. Think about the name. Mike Ansel. Might cancel. Might cancel. Oh. The show might be canceled. Oh, no. Is that true? Jeez. That's... No, I don't. I actually think they're going to give him another season. Yes, That's jumping ahead, perhaps. But... They, they've already gleaned it for another season, so they are going to have one, even though... The ratings were real not good for this season, um, even yeah. by star standards. Um, but ouch, uh, <laughs> ouch, <laughs> ouch! Even by star standards, whoa, a little shade there Man. on the stars, bro. 
the way the way you sound, ouch! You sounded like that guy from uh, Jingle All the Way. What, what's his name? The star of Jingle All the Way. Ouch! Uh, Sinbad? You talking about Sinbad? Yeah, Sinbad. That's who I'm thinking of. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He fell into the world tree. So uh, however the world tree works in this particular show, maybe he came out on another branch as essentially a different person, even though internally he's still Shadow Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a plot line in the book we've talked around quite a bit. That's a big chunk of the book. I think Michael Ansel hints that we'll be heading there in season three, which is... Great news. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great uh, news. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Pete. Well, what did, uh, let's get back to it then. With the season over, how did you feel about it as a whole? How are you feeling about uh, the show as a whole right now? Uh, I am very excited about the show because we finally got rid of Laura. And now we can kind of see Shadow Moon get his life back together. And what he's going to do now that he doesn't have uh, her around so, like, I'm kind of excited to see it's, you know, there's a lot of possibilities in front of us. Oh, she's definitely coming but. back. So uh, that's not over with. Um, I like this. I like this season. It was a little bit sort of a scattershot, but there were a lot of great moments and great pieces. Uh, like I said, I really liked the Mad Sweeney Laura relationship. Uh, I liked um, a lot of the sort of sequences that existed outside of the main plot, like the the pianist origin, um, the sequence in this episode. Uh, there were a couple more, I think. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit sort of wonky at points, but I'm excited for what they've uh, put in place for this third and most likely final season. Oh, man. Yeah, I I hope they can get it back on track next season. To your point, I, I agree with you, Justin. And uh, the... Uh, the most consistent episode, I think, was the Donar the Great episode, where it kept yeah. pretty much everything in the past. It kept it very focused. Uh, the theme was focused. The plot was focused. The performances were great across the board. And what it really did that I know we've talked about quite a bit here on the podcast that I felt was really missing in this season was that sense of storytelling, that it was very focused on the plot and the now, and only occasionally did it feel like it was weaving this epic narrative. It felt more quest-based. You know, they're going after the sphere, uh, the spear, and then they had to fix the sphere, and then they lost the spear. Or they're going after a love potion, and they got to go do all these steps for it. Um, so it, it felt... 15% more conventional this season. I think if that's fair, you know, it's still the visuals are yeah. wild throughout. The performances are really good. I'll watch Ian McShane do pretty much anything, honestly. Um, but yeah. it needs an end game at this point. It was originally supposed to be three seasons. I think stars wanted to extend it longer was my guess. This is based on no inside information whatsoever. Um, but I hope instead they say, listen, the ratings were not great. Let's end it in style. Let's do one more season, really focus it up, really finish this big. And I think that could be a good thing for the show. Yeah, totally agree. So this season, who was most worthy of your worship? Who was most worthy Ooh. of your worship this season alone? Pete, we'll start with you. Well, what I'm going to go with the obvious choice here. Um, the car. Um, yeah, yeah, I forgot Black what they Betty. called her. Uh, Black Bl- Betty. Black Betty, yeah. Oh, just, I hope. Really that- worth your worship, but not worth remembering her name. Hey, 
<laughs> you know, uh, but I, I hope that we do get an episode that's dedicated to Black Betty like they did this uh, season. Um, totally worth it. You know, God, you got to have it in there. Huge part right. of the show. Great choice. She, the car has showed up so many times in the past couple of episodes. Justin, what about you? Who is most worthy of your worship? Uh, I guess, uh, I guess Mad Sweeney is sort of my, uh, my go-to for this season. Really love the origin story. And mostly because I don't know how much we're going to get of him going forward. Maybe we'll see some more. Uh, but that was, uh, I felt like he had a really great, uh, great time. Not a great time, but a great arc this season. He was just having a and, good time uh, hanging out. Good old time. Uh, and also, a uh, shout out to Donar the Great. Uh, I'll worship that god. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose Laura. I what? really, yeah, man. Boo. I like Laura a lot this season. Uh, she didn't get a standout like the casino episode last season necessarily, but I really liked her journey. And uh, to the point that we we're talking about. I think the relationship I was most invested in this season, the plot line I was most invested was Laura and Mad Sweeney's romantic relationship. So he was very even to me in terms of being frustrated and angry, and he was a lot of fun to watch. But she grew, and she changed, and she went somewhere different by the end of the season and reached a real resolution with her relationship with Shadow Moon. So I'm very excited to see season three when now that Shadow's a different person and gone somewhere else, he's going to be off the show, and we'll be totally focusing on Laura from here on out. Oh. That's the star of American Gods. There you go. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast this season. Of course, we'll be back for season three. Whenever that's back, I imagine it'll be a very long break until the next one, just like it was between season one and season two. But in the meantime, we have a lot of other podcasts that you can check out, including a Riverdale podcast, Riverdale After Dark, a Krypton podcast after Krypton, our Preacher podcast, Preacher Men, is coming back pretty soon as well as our regular podcast, Comic Book Club, uh, and The Stack, which is our weekly review show. You can support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also come to our live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. It's totally free, and we will commiserate about this season of American Gods. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about all the amazing shows. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. <laughs> We've only been doing that like four times a week, Pete, for the past 13 years. Yeah. No, I like what you did. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's a good change. Uh, check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Also, you can subscribe on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you in the graveyard where we're going to sleep. <laughs>